God, I pray today that you would not let anything, no question, no concern, nor pain, nor hurt, don't let anything get in the way of your love for your people this morning. And so I pray for every single person watching this morning that they would connect with you, Jesus. And I ask it in your mighty and powerful name. And amen. Well, I want to share with you again as we uh, wrap up our series on questions. Uh, our hope and our dream is that you don't stop asking questions of God, but you continue to dive in and wrestle with God. And as we were putting this series together, I've been going through articles, and as I've shared before, I'm very selective about what I choose to read and put into my mind and and what I spend time thinking about and I was reading an article from the Harvard Business Review and lest you think I'm really smart I'm really not that smart I just like reading smart articles and in that article it was a group of people that had gotten together at the Harvard Business Review and they were doing what a lot of businesses were doing as they were physically distancing from one another they were going around and sharing how they were doing and as they were going around and sharing, one woman finally spoke up and she goes, I think what I'm feeling is grief. And that led to this article, that comfort you're feeling is grief. And I thought that was really interesting to think about. That what we all around the globe are experiencing is grief because we've all lost something in the midst of this pandemic. And it occurs to me that a lot of times followers of Jesus aren't really good at grieving. We're not really good at expressing our feelings or spending any amount of time in them at all. And so what I hope to do today is maybe unpack or maybe give you permission to feel a little bit today because I think that's really important if we're going to heal and we're going to be everything that we are created to be. If we're truly going to live set free, we've got to learn to deal and live life a little bit differently. And so we want to take a look into scripture today, but before we do, I thought it would be good to bust some myths, because in the midst of what we've been going through in the last several weeks, our world has changed. And it's never going to go back to the way it was. It just can't. It's, it's much like, uh, for those of you who remember 9-11. And I was thinking about that when Pastor Tim was sharing that uh, last week or the week before when he had shared some of those pictures. And I'm like, oh, I remember pre-9-11. Remember when you could go to the airport and take somebody right to the gate and give them a hug before they went on the tarmac? 9-11 changed that forever. Remember the days before there were cell phones where you used to carry around a quarter in your pocket in case you needed to call somebody and you could pull over and pick up the phone. And cell phones forever changed the world. And I imagine this is one of those times where we look back on life and say, this forever changed the way we do life. So I'm going to bust a, a couple of myths, if we can, right off the bat. And the first myth is simply this, that I must bury my feelings and trust God. And the way that usually gets played out with believers is somewhere along the lines of, well, you know what you really need? To, I just really need to trust God more. Absolutely true. We all need to trust God more. But the problem in just saying that is we just negate all of those feelings and sort of bury them deep inside and never deal with them. 
and that's dangerous. Another thing that we throw out often, and maybe you found yourself saying this, well, you know, there's so many people have it so much worse than I have it. Again, that's true, but that doesn't help us deal with the emotions and the feelings behind what we're all experiencing right now, and so we need to bust that myth. I can remember when my dad passed away, it was 1995, and I can still remember being at the church I was born and raised at, and we had just finished the funeral service. And so we had just sung the last hymn, and we're all standing out in the narthex greeting some family and friends as they go by. And a man came up to me, and he looked at me, and he said, because I was just a year into my pastoral ministry at that point, and he said, John, you know what? Um, losing your dad is going to make you a much better pastor. And I remember sitting there in that moment and thinking, I don't really care if I'm a lousy pastor. Because if you're giving me a choice of having my dad or being a good pastor, I'll choose being a lousy pastor and having my dad. Now, I believe that to be true. I think because I've gone through grief and I've experienced that before, that I am a better pastor for it. But in the midst of that, that is not the time to express those kind of truths. And so often as followers of Jesus, we like to put a nice little bow on something way too quickly. And we neglect the taking the time to dig into the feelings and the emotions of this. And this is why I love the Psalms so much. And I was reading as I was putting together this message, came across this Psalm in Psalm chapter 7, verse 11. Take a look at what God says about his feeling. He says this, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. There's a God who feels indignation every day. I, I'm so thankful he doesn't act on it, but he feels that way every day. And it's not negate that I shouldn't feel that way. No, that's just the way I feel. And so that's a myth that we need to bust, that I have to bury my feelings and I just need to trust God more. No, God gave us our feelings for a reason. Another myth that I think would be good to bust this morning is I should never under any circumstance question God. Now while there is some truth in that matter, it's good because God has a perspective that we don't have and God is all-knowing and we are finite in our understanding. But just because we shouldn't question God, it doesn't mean that we should stop asking God questions. That God invites us to ask questions of Him. In fact, even Jesus' brother, James, he wrote a book uh, about that. And I love James, and I love the clarity that James has in following Jesus. And he says at the very beginning of James chapter 1, verse 5, take a look at this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. It's okay to question God. You don't understand something, ask Him, question Him. Because God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, it will be given to you. This is the God in whom we worship, the God who says, I invite you to wrestle with me. I invite you to ask questions. I want to be a part of your life this way. So now to get back to what we are all going through that that Harvard Business Review article focused on, it's on um, grieving. And a number of years ago, if you've ever had an intro to psychology class in college or even in high school, you probably touched on the stages of grief. Well, that came out of this book on grief and grieving by Kubler-Ross and David Kessler. 
and some of you are familiar with these and I just want to take a step back and quickly run through these again these are not in any particular order it's not like you go through one and then two and three you go back and forth through all of these but just take a trip back in time with me just even a couple months and see if you haven't been moving through these as we've been going through this COVID-19 and, and the first one is denial and do you remember this one this is sort of like when everything first came out, oh, this isn't going to impact me. This isn't going to change me at all. This isn't, I'm not going to be impacted by this virus. And then the next stage is, is anger. You're kidding me. Like, I've, I've got to stay at home. You're going to make me stay at home. I've got to miss hanging out with my friends. I've got to miss my sports engagements. I've got to miss all this going out to restaurants. I've got to stay at home and sequester. And, and you go through that anger. And then there's the bargaining stage. And if you remember what this is like, this is to some extent saying, okay, well, wait a minute. If we just quarantine for a few weeks, then everything is going to be okay. That's bargaining. We've probably been through this. And then there's sadness, where finally we just come face to face and, and we say, I don't know when this is going to end. I don't know when we're going to be able to go back and meet together again. I don't know when it's going to be safe for me again. I don't know what the world is going to look like after this when we go through that period of, of sadness. And then finally that leads us to acceptance. Well, this is happening. I guess I've just got to figure out a way to make do and make the best situation possible. But what I love uh, about this and doing some research on this, David Kessler um, as he had worked through those stages, he said, I really think in my research there is another stage to this grief. And he refers to this as finding meaning in the midst of grief. And I love this uh, about this stage because I think Christians have a leg up. People who follow Jesus can find meaning in this because we believe and we've seen it to be true that God works all circumstances for the good, for those that are called according to Christ Jesus. So there's something to be said about following Jesus, because we can find meaning in this, that we can go through a horrific experience, and coming out on that again, we can have a different vantage point. I see that. I can see what God was doing in the midst of that. And this is where I was reminded again of Joseph in the Old Testament. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. And, and there's a long story. You can read about it in Genesis in the last 15 chapters. It talks about Joseph's life. But in the very last chapter of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 50, in the reunion with the brothers, uh, Joseph has this perspective that I think would be so helpful for all of us to have. He says, you know what? You meant this to harm me. You sold me into slavery because you hated me. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. And through that, God saved a whole generation of people and generation after generation, a whole people group God saved through that one act of evil that his brothers did to him. So God has a different perspective, and this is where we can find meaning in this. This is where God encourages us to wrestle with him. And this is where I want to dive into the psalm that Joe read for us just a few moments ago. And this is why I love the psalms so much, because they're so honest and so real with feelings. And if you're careful, because this one is only six verses long. And it sometimes sounds like a little sitcom where we have a problem and we solve it all within 30 minutes. Well, just know that this psalm probably was not written just over a couple of minutes. 
Man, this was probably months and maybe even years of agonizing over the presence of God and what he was doing. So let's take a look at this again. You want to open up your Bibles or your YouVersion Bible app or just look along on the screen. Take a look at verse 1. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Four different times. How long? How long? How long? How long? And this is a psalm, I think, that just speaks to our generation today and speaks to our age today in the day in which we find ourselves living. It is so true today as it was in David's day. How long is this going to go on? And I'm mindful that there are a lot of people asking that question, how long? And I remember the first week before we closed and we sort of went online and we said anybody can watch online but if you still want to come you can come and it was the last week before we closed and we have a police officer that's always here on campus and I was talking to him in between the services and I said so how has it been for you here in the Mansfield area what's it been like since we've been starting to go through this whole COVID-19 thing and he said boy the saddest thing for me as a police officer is we have seen more cases of domestic abuse um, in just these last few weeks than we have in in like a whole year it's just a rash and it said it's so sad to see families just getting ripped apart and imagine if I could sit down and if he were here this morning and be able to have that conversation I'm sure that is more true today than it was even a couple of months ago and I've always had a heart for kids. It's just hard for me uh, to get around the fact that there are a lot of kids living in environments that are so completely unhealthy and, and they need to be out of those environments and there's no reason for kids to be in that kind of place. And I'm so mindful during this time that there, the one place where kids sometimes could feel safe was at school and they don't have school anymore. Maybe they could go over to a friend's house and, and they could feel safe there, but they don't have that anymore and they don't have a church that they can be able to physically be at and they could be loved on and cared for there and my heart aches for these these kids and and Sue Dorn is our new mission coordinator she had been thinking about what are some opportunities for us to serve our community and began looking around and she began praying about this and and she ran across something that I want to share with you today that just really grabbed a hold of all of our staff's heart and particularly mine and it's called CASA and CASA uh, stands for a court appointed special advocate for children and, and what that really means is it's an opportunity for adults to come alongside kids who have been removed from abusive situations and be their advocate in court to say, here's what I think is best for the kid, to talk to the kid and talk to their teachers and other people around them and find out what is going on. And they do all kinds of training for this. This is a big deal. And there is no other plan B. This is plan A. This is the only time that kids have another adult that can speak into them and encourage them and give them hope in just these difficult situations. And so Sue was wondering if we should do this, and she was walking around, sort of praying around her area, and she walked and, and looking around as she was praying to God for a sign. She's walking through her neighborhood, and there was in the yard a sign that said, I'm a CASA volunteer. And she goes, wow, God, I wasn't expecting a physical sign for a sign, but that one works pretty well. And so she shared that with the staff. We fell in love with that, and then we began to hear some of the statistics. Uh, Cook's Children's Hospital uh, right here in our Dallas-Fort Worth area. They've already had three deaths in the last month from child abuse and neglect. They typically have six in a whole year, and in a month they've already had three. 
we found out in talking with CASA that right here in our own Tarrant County, there are 500 kids who are waiting for an advocate. Waiting. They don't have enough advocates. Waiting for an advocate. And this is where I think, and I really want to challenge you if you're watching this morning, let's not have kids in our community asking, God, how long until somebody is going to come alongside me and help me in this situation? Where is a loving adult going to come alongside and help me in the midst of that? I really do hope that this will be one of those things, that we are stepping into a need in our community. It is a sad need, but boy, if there's ever a time for followers of Jesus to step up, it's in the lives of kids. And so if this touches your heart, let me just give you a very simple thing to do. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to dedicate yourself today to do this. All we're asking you to do is would you simply just get this piece of paper that describes a little bit more about this. And then we got in about a week and a half a Zoom meeting where we'll encourage St. John people to come and ask questions and hear a little bit more about that. And so all we're going to ask you to do is simply type CASA, C-A-S-A, and do that to the number that we do before, 833-440-0137. And if you would just engage with us that way, just type CASA into that. And then tomorrow morning, we will send you this little page that has some information about this incredible ministry and this opportunity that we have a chance to step into so that no kid has to wonder and say, how long, oh Lord, how long? David goes on with the psalm. Take a look at verse 3. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I'm going to sleep in death. Boy, that sounds a lot like anger and bargaining, doesn't it? <laughs> then he goes on. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. And this is where you begin to see a turn in the psalm a little bit, in his attitude, in his heart. Because he begins to look at the situation, and he says, I know that if my enemies overtake me, they're going to think you're not real. And they're going to think you're not there. And God, I care about your reputation. And I care about your name. And then at the end, he comes to this conclusion. And again, this wasn't a quick little two-minute thought that he had in his mind. He'd wrestled for months with this and finally comes to the conclusion. But in the midst of my circumstances, in the midst of how long, in the midst of I don't have an answer yet to all of this, in the midst of my life is, is about ready to be taken from me, in the midst of this, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And so he reminds himself of the goodness of God over a long period of time. And this is the benefit of walking with Jesus for a long period of time. I've walked with Jesus for 51 years. So I've seen him carry me through some situations. And he's proven, again, to be trustworthy every single time. And here's what I want to challenge you to do in closing this morning. Just a couple of things. Something to start. And the first thing to start is to start a history with God. 
And it's never too late to start a history with God. If, if you're a new follower of Jesus or you're just hearing about him maybe for the first time, I'm so glad you tuned in. I rejoice in the fact that we've got brand new believers who are tuning in um, and just had a chance last week to um, have a conversation with a new person who just was watching the broadcast during the week and said, I'd like to talk to somebody about Jesus. Now, what a great opportunity we have here. I'm so glad that that is you this morning. And so I want to encourage you, you can start a history with God today. That's the way it works. Because what is coming out of you, and maybe in these last couple months, you realize, I don't like everything that's coming out of me. And the reason it's coming out of you is not because of COVID-19, it's because it was already there. And the beautiful work that God does is he gives us a heart transplant. He begins to change who we are. So we can live with peace and we can live with joy and we can have hope in even uncertain times. And this is the great work that God wants to do. And so I encourage you to start a history with God. Maybe you need to start journaling. And it's one of the things I do every single morning. And I start the day by writing out what my personal mission statement is. I want to be a part of more lives being transformed by Jesus. And so I write that out every single morning, and that's my prayer, and that's the way I start my day. I don't need to be the catalyst for a change in somebody's life. I just want to play a part in that because I love seeing God transform a life. So start a history with God, and that can begin today, and you can connect with us. And please do, if you're beginning that journey, don't do that alone. God wants to connect with you, and he's already calling you. He's given you his spirit, and he's placed that light inside of your heart. And so fan that into flame. And the best way to do that is to get around some other believers. And so please connect with us. We'd love to engage with you that way. So there's something to start. Uh, it's always good to have something to stop. And here's what I'd encourage you to do is stop anticipatory grief. And what I mean by anticipatory grief is things that haven't yet happened. We've got enough stuff to grieve as it is right now. I mean, my heart aches for, for students who aren't going to be graduating like they expected to graduate. And those who have given up um, a year of athletics and, and teams and things they were looking forward to, to doing. And for people who graduated college looking forward to going into the workforce and all of a sudden now hiring freezes are happening and they're not sure and they're living in this uncertainty. Man, we've got that to grieve. How about those people who are sitting in hospital beds that can't have family members come visit them? There's enough stuff to grieve. We don't need to dream up things to potentially grieve about. We've got enough right now. So let's stop anticipatory grief. What might happen? And let's come alongside and let's deal with the emotions and the feelings that we have and let's wrestle with God and the questions we have. And the final thing I want to encourage you to do is just consider this. What is your question behind your question? Because we all have a question, but as my professor used to say, there's always another question behind that question. Why are you asking that question? And I want to challenge you to go a little bit deeper in your wrestling with God. Why are you asking that question? What is it that's gone on? What is part of your history? So I want you to think about that. And I want to challenge you, if you still have questions, we've been engaging on social media, on our Facebook and YouTube channels, where the pastors will sit down and we'll take your questions. And we just throw those out. We wrestle with them and we each share a perspective on that. We throw those up uh, throughout the week on our Facebook and YouTube channels. So I want to encourage you to engage. If you have a question, we don't want anything to come in the way of your relationship with Jesus. 
And so if you have a question this morning, would you please text us your question? You could just put your question in this line and then text that to the same number we've been talking about all the time, 833-440-0137, because we'd love to engage you that way.